A good story takes us on a journey. It reminds us of where we've been and shows us where we could go. A good story makes us feel and inspires us to act. Welcome to the Good Story Podcast, where everyday stories that make you laugh, cry, or feel slightly uncomfortable will leave you inspired as Kirsten King tells true stories and teaches truth. When my husband, Kenny, and I were first married, we lived in the Chicagoland area. He was attending seminary full-time and was a bus driver part-time for a school district. I got a job with that school district as a substitute teacher, but unfortunately, in the months of September, October, barely got called. So our paycheck started to reflect that, and we started wondering if we were going to be able to make ends meet. I was talking to a girlfriend of mine about this one day, and she was like, have you heard about this great grocery store? Groceries are super cheap. You've got to go check it out. And I hadn't, so I got really excited about it, and I was telling Kenny about it and started making a list. And my girlfriend was there, too, at the time. She's like, oh, you can't go with a list because they don't really carry like a set inventory. Now, that kind of threw me off for a little bit because I grew up doing the grocery shopping for my family. Once I got my driver's license, that was one of the things that I did. My mom would give me a list, and she was super specific about the stuff she'd put on it. She'd say, three boxes of cereal, one Cheerios, two Captain Crunch, three shredded wheat. Clearly, we know which ones the kids were eating. Anyway, the next thing was something like frozen corn, semicolon, golden sweet by Jolly Green Giant, or whatever. She'd say, Oscar Mayer bologna. It's the only bologna we'd eat because she used to work for Oscar Mayer. Western salad dressing, five pounds of ground beef, and don't forget to ask the butcher to give you the order that I had called in. I also knew if I did the grocery shopping, I could pick three items of my choice, anything I wanted. That was the bonus for the person who went and did the shopping. So now here I am faced with going to a new grocery store and it sounded kind of exciting, except I was getting a little bit thrown off by not being able to come with such a specific list since that's what I was used to. So I asked her like, what do you mean? No specific name brands. She goes, no, you can't even like write down corn because you see this grocery store was like a scratch and dent grocery store. It wasn't a normally stocked shelves grocery store. You would go in and most of the items were displayed on stacks and pallets. And so, for example, if one guy's learning how to drive the forklift and they're driving it around and all the cans go crashing down and rolling around and are all dented, those all get loaded up and brought to this grocery store. So you could write maybe a list, something that said like vegetables or mac and cheese, question mark, or tuna, question mark. So I started making up my list with that in mind and did exactly that. Mac and cheese, question mark, tuna, question mark, three cans of some vegetable. Also three cans of some fruit, bread with lots of slices, some ground meat, pasta shape does not matter. Biggest box of cereal possible. Now here I didn't even understand exactly what I was going to find because you see I wrote biggest box of cereal possible. But when I got to the store later on, just a little jump ahead here, I realized they weren't even selling cereal in boxes. And I don't mean like they were selling them in bags like Multimeal where you choose to buy cereal in a bag. These were boxes originally, but for some reason they had lost their shell. And so you'd go to an end cap and you'd see all these bags of cereals kind of stacked up and you weren't actually even sure exactly which ones that they were. 
So if you grew up eating a lot of cereal, like I did in my house, it was perfect. So you could like put your face really up closely against it and grab one of the little oats or whatever it was in between your thumb and forefinger and and put your eye right up to it. And you're like, oh, yes, I think these are probably Apple Jacks or Honeycomb or something Raisin Bran, if you see like little brown things in there or whatever. The biggest bummer was a few times we'd buy a cereal and we're like, we love this and we'd love to buy it again. But first of all, you never knew if you could find it again. And secondly, even if you were in like a real life store where they named their cereals, you never knew the names of the cereals. You just never found it out. So we'd watch TV and if a cereal commercial would come on, we'd be like, wait, 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 quiet, quiet, quiet. Look really close. Come on, zoom in on the bowl. Zoom in on the bowl. I want to see what it is. Oh, man. And so we'd try to find out and replicate our cereal choices that way. But okay, back up. Here I am. I have my list of kind of general things and I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'm driving and I think, ah, shoot, I forgot my calculator. You see, I had 20 bucks with me and I was going to buy groceries for two weeks. And usually I would go along and I would just add up as I went so I could know what was going on. But this time I'm like, oh man, I'm going to have to add in my head. It's going to be not really great. So I get there get my cart, start walking up and down the aisles, just get kind of a lay of the land, see what I'm going to do. I'm looking around and I think, okay, I think I can do this. So I found myself in this constant state of discovery. I turned one corner and I'm like, oh, peaches, sweet. So I grabbed peaches off the shelf and I put them in my cart. Then I'd look around the other corner, nice corn. So I grab a few cans of corn and put those in my shelf. I thought I hit the mother load when I got to the frozen section and found out they had pot pies. I'm like, whoa, full meal right here. So I grabbed a couple pot pies and threw those in my cart too. Kept going on and on and on, grabbed the waxy bags of cereal, threw those in my cart, understood now what this was going to be looking like. Decided I'd go toward ground meat, got there and started to feel a little weird. Like, does a person buy ground meat here? Is there anything wrong with this? That I'll just kind of take clues from the people around me. So I started just kind of wandering around the aisles, looking in everybody else's carts, thinking this probably doesn't look weird. Probably other people are looking at my cart and I just don't even know it. So I'd wheel up real close and kind of peer in over the side and think, ah, dang, nope, no meat there. Go around again. Nope, no meat there. I thought, oh, you know what they're probably doing? They're probably seeing me. And then what they're doing is after I leave, then they're going over and getting their ground meat. So I'm never going to be able to figure it out this way. So I stopped doing that, went over to the ground meat itself, stood by there, just kind of like a little sentry, standing guard, just waiting, waiting. No one was getting meat. I don't know why. Maybe now that I think about it, maybe it's because I was there standing guard. But whatever it was, some brave lady came past, right past the guard, and grabbed a pound of ground meat. I'm like, okay, she looks healthy. She looks fine. She looks like she knows what she's doing, like she's been here before. I'm going in. So I grabbed a pound of ground beef, started walking up and down the aisles some more and adding a few more items as I went. Of course, ramen, right? Yeah, definitely grab some more ramen. So I decided, you know, I think I'm about ready to check out. I had all my things kind of arranged by meal. I had my maybe item in the seat in front of me. And you know what the maybe item is, yeah? Maybe it's like, maybe I did my math right and I could go ahead and get this, but maybe I didn't. So I'm going to have to leave it behind. So I had the maybe item, wheeled up to the counter and started putting my groceries on the table. 
Now, at this point, you might think that I was misspeaking right there, and I meant to put my groceries on a conveyor, but that is way too fancy for this place. There was no conveyors. You just put your groceries on a table. So I set them on the table and started watching the guy checking out the items. I was holding my maybe item, wasn't sure I wanted to put it on the table quite yet, couldn't quite commit. So I'd watch and he'd pick up the can and the total was being added up. It looked like it was just adding up so quickly and I was starting to panic a little bit. But as it was going, I thought, you know what? I can do this. I can do this. Maybe I can do this. And I handed him the maybe item. Sure enough, the clerk looks back at me and he says, that'll be 1997. I'm like, sweet. So I reach in my purse, grab my wallet out, whip out a 20 like there's more in there, hand it to him. And he looks at me and all of a sudden asks me a question that he had no idea would affect me so deeply. He's just going about his business. He looks at me and he says, how many bags would you like? I thought, this is a super weird question. I've been shopping all my life and nobody has ever asked me that before. I thought, why is he asking me that? Isn't he the expert? Isn't he the guy who's supposed to be able to like sum it all up and figure out how many bags it would be? But I looked at my items, kind of looked at him, looked at my items again. I'm like, hey, do you have any like suggestions for me? He didn't answer. So finally I said, I don't know. What do you think? Four bags? Yeah, I think four bags. That's what I'm telling you. Four bags. He looks back at me and says, that'll be 20 cents. I was like, what? 20 cents? Are you kidding me? Do you think I'm loaded? Do you think that I have all the money in the world? How dare you tell me I have to pay 20 cents for bags? I've never had this happen before in my life. Thought, oh, what am I supposed to do? So I have all these thoughts going through my head and I just look up at him and I say, no, thanks. He's like, no, thanks. I'm like, yeah, no, thanks. No, thanks. What? Like, ah, no, thanks, sir. He goes, no, no, thanks to bags. I'm like, right. Yep. No, thanks. Now keep in mind, this is prior to when people would come with their own bags and be like real green and reuse them. Back then we just still thought green was a color. We didn't know anything about what we should have been doing all along. So I'm like, no, thanks to the bags. So started putting my groceries right back in my cart. I thought, man, if I could afford bags, do you think I'd be here? Five cents a bag? Are you kidding me? Who has 20 cents to throw away? I don't think so. They should have a sign when you walk in. Warning, you're going to have to pay for bags. And when you're done, keep that in mind when you're choosing your cereal or whatever. So I'm just throwing them back in my cart. I'm wheeling through the parking lot pretty quickly. I go to my car, open up the back of the station wagon, and open it up start throwing the bags in, throwing the cans in, throwing everything in there. It's just kind of rolling around. I'm not like throwing it like I'm mad, like pitching it in there, just kind of rolling it in. And it didn't matter because everything was already scratched and dented anyways, right? So I'm throwing it all in there and I'm thinking, oh, this is kind of rough. I don't think I'm going to be able to keep doing this for a few more years, but I didn't want to feel sorry for myself. So I got around, got in the driver's store, sat down, started driving home. I started thinking, oh, what's the opposite? Which is what I usually think when I'm trying to make myself feel better. So like when our boys started kindergarten, I was crying in the bathroom when we were dropping them off at the school. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. Our first two kids, they were twins. Our first two kids were going to school. I'm like, I don't know if I could do this. And I thought, okay, what's the opposite? They're going to be 40 living at home for the rest of their life. I'm like, ooh, yeah, nope, I don't really want to do that either. So it's kindergarten. Woo. So I got out of the bathroom and walked the kids to school. Thought, whew, that's going to be done. All right. So here I am 
in my car, driving back. I got my groceries rolling around in the back. I turn left, boom. Then I turn right, boom. Then I'd stop and I'd see him in the rearview mirror. One time I looked up at the rearview mirror to watch him roll and I caught a glimpse of myself. And I saw myself with tears coming down my eyes. And I thought, oh man, I got to be thinking, what is the opposite? I'd have tons of money and I'd shop at a grocery store where they wouldn't even charge me for bags. But no, that is not doing it. In fact, there was a really fancy grocery store my husband and I would go to every Saturday for lunch. Not like it was fancy, so we'd sit down at their cafeteria and eat lunch. It's because they had really great samples. So we'd just go down the aisles and take samples, and we'd plan on going right at lunchtime and think we could eat enough. And the people handing out samples always loved him. He'd go and he'd say, oh, this is really amazing. They'd hand him one, and they'd, oh, you look like you're hungry. Would you like another one? And they'd hand him more. Then I'd go and I'd take something and think, oh, this is great. She's like, thank you. Like, oh, could I have another one? We're allowed to hand out one. So anyway, I thought, you know, oh, could I go to that grocery store? That'd be the opposite. But that was not making me feel any better either. And then I had this thought. I thought, here I am with a ton of groceries and zero bags. What if I had a ton of bags and zero groceries? (gasps) That'd be so sad. I'd be so hungry. (gasps) I'd be a bag lady. That is so sad. This is awful. And all of a sudden, my heart started to soften up, and I started thinking about this, and I started thinking about the groceries in the back that were rolling all over the place. I'd hear the rolling, and I'd hear the slamming against the left, and I'd slam against the right, and I started starting a little bit quicker and stopping a little bit faster. And years later, I told this story to my mom, and she's like, I don't know why you were driving so quickly, which is totally not the point of the story. But anyway, I start getting back to my apartment, which is at the second floor. My husband and I lived in the second floor apartment. I walked out, and by the time I had gotten there, I started being so grateful that for 20 bucks, I could buy all these groceries. I grabbed a couple cans, took them out, went up the outside steps, got inside, went in the upstairs steps, and went all the way down the hall to my apartment, put them on the counter. And right now, one of my girlfriends had heard this story, and she said, why don't you just grab a couple bags from upstairs and break them down and fill them up and then just take one more trip? And I looked at her like she was brilliant and thought I had never even thought about that before. So instead, I went down the inside stairs, went outside, down the outside steps, went back to my car, grabbed a few more cans in a box, kept repeating that until everything was done. By the time I was done, I started thinking, man, I am grateful my friend told me about this place. I am grateful I had to make so many trips. I am grateful I even had 20 bucks to begin with. And I'm grateful to know that next time I go to this grocery store, I'm going to come with a quarter in my pocket just in case I even want to say five bags to be Miss Fancy. The next day, this is really cool. I don't want you to stop listening now because this is amazing. The next day I sat down and I was reading my Bible and came to a chapter in Isaiah. And I started reading in Isaiah and this is what I came across. Isaiah 55, it says this, come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters and you who have no money, come buy and eat, come buy wine and milk without money. And without cost, why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me. And you will eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest affair. I came across these verses and I thought, that's me. I have no money. Now, granted, I understand Isaiah was not writing about me or about grocery stores. He was talking about something deeper. And you know what? If I had read this 
two years earlier, two weeks earlier, even two days earlier, this passage wouldn't jump alive as much as it did to me that day. All of a sudden, I saw there was a truth here that I was going to be able to grasp. And I stopped and I reread that verse. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor and what does not satisfy? And then this again, listen, listen to me and you will eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest affair. I saw God was sending out an invitation and an admonition through the prophet Isaiah to his people. He was telling them, don't waste your time and efforts on stuff that isn't going to bring you the truest satisfaction. Don't spend your efforts on what's temporal. Instead, spend your time and your efforts on the things that can satisfy. And you know what can? What is good will satisfy. And I am what is good. All of a sudden, I realized that this gift of God's presence was available to all. We could all have, all of us have, what was truly good for free. This was great news. And I started picturing my groceries in the other room and I couldn't wait to keep on reading. So I kept on reading and then I came across verse nine where it says this, as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. And I realized this provision that God was giving us that anyone could receive in his presence was the presence of himself through his word. And I thought, I'm over here way beyond the Old Testament, way beyond the New Testament. And I'm here where I have the written word of God. And just like the rain and snow come from heaven, land on the earth and causes the earth to grow and to flourish and to become exactly what it should be. I thought that is exactly what the word does. The word goes into our hearts and accomplishes the purpose for which God sent it. The word brings life and flourishing and truly satisfies. God's word does exactly what it's meant to do. It accomplishes its purposes, God's purposes. Why? Because it's God's voice. It's God's word. I was suddenly very aware that that was exactly what was happening right there. I could feel God's word enter my soul, enter the part of me that caused tears in the rearview mirror the day before. And I thought, this is exactly what I want, Lord. I want you to continue to pour your word into me, accomplish the purposes, help me to see what is truly important. Let me not waste my money on the stuff that cannot satisfy. Let me not be bugged about 20 cents. Let me instead crave you and crave your word and stay in and eat day after day after day. And suddenly I realized that this promise to Judah was a promise to me. And I thought as I feast on the word of God that goes forth, This word that satisfies because it's God's word as I read it in, take it in, allow it to nourish my soul. This word will enable me to go out in joy and gladness because he makes me glad because he satisfies. A settled soul doesn't come from stores and stuff. A settled soul does not come from stores and stuff. It is God's word that brings peace and well-being and as I feast on him through his word, I don't ever have to worry about if I'll have enough. I don't ever have to worry about if his word will satisfy. I don't ever have to worry about what I bring to the word because the word brings everything to me. 
What a gift to know that I am invited to be delighted every day. And so, my dear friend, are you. This is a good story.